All right, welcome back, everyone. This is the Flow Track Podcast NCAA Championship Week here in Austin. We're going tonight. Sit right now. I'm Kevin, the aforementioned Gordon Mack joins me. Gordon, good afternoon. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. How was your weekend? It was good. Got to spend Friday with you. I know that's before the weekend, but we watched some Florence Diamond League together. Got to see a world record. You were you were happy to see it. But you're also a little upset because you had seen the previous world record in that event. I had. And now you realize that accomplishment is not as significant. I can't walk around the streets of Austin saying I saw the second fastest no. 15 miles ever. I mean, you could. You'd be right, factually, but nobody would care. No one cares. Because now Faith could be a gun. And now I have to tell everyone I saw the fastest one on the internet. Mm-hmm. Which isn't as cool as saying <laughs> I saw it in person. A couple announcements before we get going. I know you have a surprise. Are you doing your surprise now or later? Surprise at the end. Okay. Um, I was going to... You want to do announcements? But I was going to say one more thing about the world record. I guess we're going to talk. We're going to talk about the world record in a second. I want to do announcements. We're doing a Saturday show. Saturday, 10 a.m. Central, back here. The 75% of the way done through NCAA, spectacular. 100% done of the men, though. The men, 25% of the women's competition to go. 50%. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I messed that math up. Man, I messed it. It's not even showing us. What are we in? One minute in? Okay. We're doing a Saturday show. Saturday, 10 a.m. On the FlowTrack YouTube page, FlowTrack Podcast YouTube page. And you can also, you know, we'll put that one up, uh, audio version. It'll mostly be recapping what's already happened. We're not going to jump in too much because on Monday we'll have our normal show. Also, two other things that I wanted to get to. Haven't had a chance to do it yet. Shout out to our friend Jason. Now, Jason, you remember him? Internet coach, guest a long time ago. 50 years old, training for that Masters 100, sent in an update a while ago, May 21st, and the update was positive, and I was like, got to read this on the pod, got to read this on the pod, he got down to 1298 in the 100, Ooh, he's working his way down, his, so goal was, his goal was to get faster, but he had time to go, so before I had a chance to read it on the show, an update nine days after that, after my latest update, I went to the track and was pushing as hard and fast as possible out of the blocks and pop groin injury. Nats in seven weeks, and I may be watching from the sidelines. So, that's a bummer. I should have read that You blew a 3-2 lead. Well, three-one lead. I wonder how bad it is. We need a follow-up here yeah. on, on how bad it is. Because we said the one thing, got to avoid injury, but we also said get after it with the block starts. So, is this a failure on the athlete, or is this a failure on the coach? On the, I take a little bit of responsibility for so it. We got this guy hurt. It sounded like he was prepping well. He was, he was progressing nicely. He's getting towards his goal. And also, when you when you use the word pop to describe something going wrong with your body, it's never it's never good. But I want an update on that. The other one, Harry had been writing in to answer your question, slowest reaction time in history. Because we saw some, a couple... Jordan Sub-11? Yeah. So he looked it up. We're not even Sub-11. For well, people who don't know, uh, Leah Hobbs ran... Uh, it was Leah Hobbs, right? Yeah, it was Hobbs. That's uh, how the discussion in the, started. In the street meet, she ran a fast Sub-1100, but her... Reaction time was ridiculously slow, mm-hmm. and I was like, no one has ever had that slow of a reaction time to run that fast. Because typically, if you have slow reaction time, you're not that great when it comes to the actual full 100 meters. Yeah. But she was like a unique unicorn in this one race. I was like, has anyone ever had that slow of a reaction time with that fast of a result? Well, of course, Harry was on it. Fraser Price had a slower start and faster time at the 2011 pre-classic. She was plus 2.7 off the blocks and ran 10.95. And then he found one from, this is 2021, in Walnut, so Mount Sac, English Gardner, 0.67 reaction time. That made me think that might have been a typo, 0.67, but still ran 11.29. He said for the standard 0.15 reaction time, that could have been a legal 
10 7. So I don't know what was going on there. That seems that seems like a strange Is audit. Is started the unofficial <laughs> fastest woman ever? So then, and then he followed up again. He did, uh, he looked at Olympic and World Championship uh, finals in the, in the straightaways. Very, man. He's, he's, he's he was He was cooking. Slowest reaction on global outdoor short spin final, 0.294, Linda Ferga from France. Uh, I saw it. It was funny, though. I watched the race. She does get left in the blocks, but it, you don't look at it and go, that is the slowest one in history. Yeah. It just looks like a normal, like, slow reaction time. But shout out to Harry for giving up the stats. Let's, let's get into the show. One of the stories, if you want to run fast, have a faster reaction time. Yeah, it, tough it's work. tough to recover from those. But not as fast as Devin Allen at Worlds last year. Exactly. If you're too fast, then you get it's illegal, which makes no sense. Exactly. It's illegal to be fast in track and field sometimes. Yeah. Man, we're getting some comments in the YouTube stream about the audio. Are we all good on the audio? Oh, someone says, it does sound unusually open-airish and echoey. Very descriptive. All right. We'll keep going. We'll keep, keep going. pushing. Maybe it's because Gordon was going, hello, hello, hello. No, no, I don't know. Gordon's actually outside. Not this not. is all done through CGI. All right. I'm <laughs> And he's a fair player. He is. It worked out well. Um, to be on. Man, we were there to see that. What, what, what are your thoughts? It's been a couple days. First woman to break 350 and a 1500. And we knew that she was capable of it. But then you go back and you watch the race, you look at the splits. It's still mind-boggling how fast that race was. Yeah, she looked so smooth in that final 150, 200 meters where she was pulling away from the world record time, like, light tracker. Because people were thinking, like, I don't know, like, is she going to hold on to it? And then she started pulling away. And it was like, it wasn't even close. Typically, yeah. world record attempts, it's it's close. You're like, hey, are we going to be, especially in a mile-type race, 1,500-meter type race, there's not much margin of error. But she had, she could have screwed up a few clicks here or there and still had that record comfort, comfort, comfortably. It's a lot of skills. Comfortably, yeah. Comfortably. Yeah, she was crushing the lights on that last lap. Crushing the lights. It's a new phrase. Yeah. What was she, what was her, her lap? She was 61.28 for her third lap. And then her final 400 was 58.81. And again, she's been real, like she's been at 350 before. She's, she goes out and she pushes these races. So she has... A lot of experience going for it. And this just felt like everything coming together. She said she was surprised that she was able to do it. And I don't know how much of her training indicated she could do this. They did set the lights for that speed. So that makes me think she at least thought she was in range. But, you know, 352, if she runs that, we're like, oh, my gosh, what a run by Faith Kipiegon. But totally different conversation, just a couple seconds faster. Which kind of threw me off. How can you be surprised that you broke the world record when you went into a race with world record pacing? That's well. That's exactly my point. Maybe, well, we've seen a lot of races that are world record attempts that aren't actually world record attempts. This was the opposite. We didn't know it was a world record attempt, and then we're looking at those splits get clicked off. We had two rabbits, which again, that's usually a dead giveaway that something's up. <laughs> and there were two really qualified rabbits. That's also a dead giveaway that something's up. But I listen. I'm a huge believer in her, but you're still just waiting for physiology to take over in that third lap it's like no way she can keep this up and then you're waiting for it to happen in the fourth lap but she ran it as if she went out in 72 yeah the way she closed she ran it like it was like a 355 356 race yeah like a 405 race really Maybe like, even that, yeah. like how hard she was coming down that stretch so yeah she's the first one into into 350 again i thought it was going to happen eventually it just caught me a little off guard because there was no hype around it but that's probably on our you know, that's our fault for not just anticipating something quick every time she runs. Well, she was 
how close was she to the world record from last year? She ran. She was like .02 yeah, away. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She had knocked yeah. on the door before. We just didn't get the big announcement ahead of time that, oh, this is a world record attempt. Yeah. That's why it caught me you know, by surprise. And people are saying, go, 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 all this stuff. Well, she already was a GOAT. Two Olympic titles, two world titles. She already had the resume that nobody else had. Now you look at all the times, too. Not just this one, but that whole top 15 list is littered with Faith Kipiegon's name. So in track and field, we have... Like the unbeatables, you have uh, the Mondos, mm-hmm. Sydney's. Uh, um, I forgot her name. In the triple jump, Rojas, the Rojas, Krauser, Krauser. But Krauser, he can, lost. He can lose to Kovacs. Yeah, I wouldn't. Krauser technically, I wouldn't put in that category. I think it's Rojas, Sydney, and Mondo and Kipchoge. I guess. Well, he just lost. Okay, okay. maybe not. Not Kipchoge. Who okay. is it's, unbeatable? It's, it's Mondo, Sydney, and Rojas. Could we put Faith in that category? She's been in that category. The only question is, could could a fresh Safan Hassan match her? Because we didn't, we've seen that recently. Kipiegon wins more than she loses, but Hassan has beaten her, and Hassan just ran a three fifty eight. But she's also two eighteen marathoner now. Yeah. So I would say yes. So she's, so is she's the, she puts the Mount. That's the Mount Rushmore then of unbeatable people right now. Faith, Mondo, Sydney, and Rojas. It's weird to not put Krauser in there, but yeah, he does have a recent Kovacs loss. Because Kovacs is so good. Yeah, yeah, and Kovacs. Yeah, all credit to, to Kovacs. I don't know. I, I, think, I think that's the list. I think Kipiegon's just, there's no weaknesses there because to get on that list, you can't really have any weakness. Tactically, she's good, and she's obviously good in these pace uh, settings. There, she was quoted, uh, someone was like seeing, she said mention the word marathon. Yeah. People were really quick to say what's next. She talked about the 5,000 in Paris and then eventually going to the marathon. That's so far down the list. I want to see how low she can get this. I think she could probably take it down another notch. The cool thing about a potential matchup with her and Hassan, if it did happen, they would just push each other to that record. They would try to one-up each other the entire way around, and that's how you could see uh, Kipiegon lowering it even more. Because the, the pacing was great, but she obviously still had to run a lot of that by herself. I mean, the finishing margin between her and Laura Mir. Laura Mir is great, by the way. Great. But so far back in this race, because when you run 349, no one's going to be with you. Go to the next event? Yeah. Also in Florence, the men's five, which... So we'll tell uh, Amanda, it's a, not the, the that photo you have up there. It's a different link, if you see. It's not highlighted blue in the Oh, my bad. Show. That was my fault, Amanda. That was my bad. Yeah, we're pulling up some results here from the men's 5,000. Won by Moketeer in a fast time. But forget the time. This was just a fun race because there were so many people involved very late in the race. And they were going quick, mind you. They weren't going slow. But the quality of the field was such that nobody was getting nobody was getting dropped. I mean, it was everyone. It was the best runners in the world in the 5,000 without Jakob, basically. Yeah, it was here or there. You could add probably four or five people, but it like had a four lot. Four or five? You probably could add only just. I think you could argue that Katir, Kajelcha, and Grahalva plus Jakob, that's like the main medal contenders. Ooh, okay. I, I, I know we're going to talk well, about Well, come on. You got to put Chep the guy in there. Come on. Chep the guy who got kicked down by Luis Grahalva? Yeah, that happened last year. Not, not Luis to Luis Grahalva, but he lost in. Florence before. And I don't know, out. man. I'm not looking at Chep the guy as some, like, I know he's the world record holder, but look in this race. He doesn't look like he's um, the top dog right now. The top dog is oh, of course Katir and Jakob. We saw them do their thing indoor. Katir getting the best of Kajelcha. And I think Grijalva, man, he, we were talking about it. I was at least, I was like, you wouldn't be funny if he won this. And you're like, nah. 
like he held his own. He led around like 3K. Mm -hmm. He was still in control. You think there was a moment where he was like, all right, the big guns are coming. Grijalva, yeah. it's not going to be able to match the speed of a Chepta guy and a Kajelcha. But he he got third here, and it was a strong third. It, was a, it wasn't a like, oh, he got lucky. Like, yeah. Grijalva is in the mix to medal this year. And if he continues at this trajectory, Grijalva will be, I mean, I don't say it, but he might win a gold medal in the next whoa, three years. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. He got fourth at Worlds last year. Yeah. He gets third in this race. And he, these are like the best of the best. There's not like, oh, you got third in a weak field. This no, is the this best is field, field that he could be in. Yeah. Grant Fisher got 11th in this race. Yeah. I mean, big run for I – mean, look at all the personal bests in here. Yeah. Just top, top to bottom. Um, Kincaid got a PR. Klecker got a PR. Fisher was 12.56 and got – 12.56.99 and got – 11th i just i wouldn't panic if i'm fisher i don't think people should panic if, if this is just going to be a different type of race and we're going to see it worlds and also we're still pretty far away the margin he was there it wasn't like he's getting his door was blown off in this race at all too but no i'm with you like Gahalva, if you thought worlds was that's like the high end and he's never going to reach that no, level again this just proved that that's not the case that he can be up there doing it on the day is hard because you've just explained how deep it is. So it's not a guarantee that he's going to be there every single time, but he's at least shown now on two occasions that he can do it. Yeah. And he was leading. He was he was not running scared. He was not hanging on and, like, kicking for a, a third-place finish at the end. He was like, I'm trying to put myself in the best position to win this race. I got three takeaways from this race. All right, good. First takeaway is... Luis Grijalva is the real deal, and I'm going to be all in on my Luis Grijalva stock for the rest of his career. That's take one. Take two. What do you think Kate's kick, man? We he were was... joking about it because he was off the back, and you're like, oh, man, Woody's out of it. I was like, that's exactly where Woody <laughs> wants to be. Now, it didn't get him to the finish line in first, but he passed. He ran just as fast as everyone else at the front, maybe even faster. I feel. I'm not sure exactly what at his the bell? last yeah. 400 split was, yeah. but he was in like in a 12th or 13th place far off that front pack. He kicks all the way into the top six or seven or whatever. Yeah. But if Kincaid can find a way to not fall asleep in the <laughs> penultimate lap and the third to last lap yeah. and put himself in the mix, yeah. Kincaid's kick is can match anyone. What if he miscounted the laps one time? Would that actually be good for him? So we should tell him that the race is one lap shorter than it is. Someone should just yell from the sideline. You got to go now. For the insane, yeah. Usually that's very bad for people. But it for Kincaid, it might work. Might work, yeah. Mike Smith Man, might. A 400 would be a long way to go thinking you're already done, but he clearly has got it left. What was your other, your last takeaway? Last takeaway is, could Kutir be a sleeper Ingebrigtsen destroyer? Destroyer, no. He's not beating Jakob this year, I don't think. No. You sure? Yeah. He's got a similar profile, though, in terms of success at the 15 and the 5. I haven't seen anything to knock me off the thought process that it's I don't know, Jakob man. I feel else. like there might be a situation where we could see Katir. I mean, if Whiteman can You just do said it. Destroyer. That's what's Maybe that's a little aggressive. Breaker, Kryptonite. I don't know. What's the word? What's the proper stopper. superhero stopper? Mm-hmm. Problem? Can will Ingebrigtsen have a Katir problem? I don't think he has one currently. I don't we'll think we be he's saying either. that in August. There might be a situation where we'll be saying <laughs> Ingebrigtsen has a Katir. It's problem. not a. Okay, we might. The same way we as might, might. Grant Holloway has a Broadbell problem. A Broadbell problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, a little more head-to-head -head success there. 
All right, let's throw up uh, Fred Curley. Let's talk men's 100. Just a professional run for Fred Curley. Just gets another victory. Yes. He was uh, asked about why he hasn't really put up a fast one yet because you see some, like, Omanyala, Lyles, Coleman, they've all run. Some some of them win dated, obviously. But right now, Curley's he's just running nine nines. And it's – yeah. He's consistently running them, but he hasn't run a fast time. He's just winning. He's staying undefeated. Yeah. Uh, and he was asked, like, why aren't hey, you getting wins, but you're not running fast? He's like, yeah, well, it's not about running fast now. It's a long season. Yeah. You got to be consistent. It's about just going through the process and staying consistent and building up to light up that fast one when it matters most in August. Like, he's like, no one wants a world record. I guess Faith Kipiegun does, but he's not trying to break the American record in the 100 in May. Mm-hmm. Or in June, he wants to try to do it in August or September. He only needs to run faster than the next place guy. And I thought that the questions were funny too. I'm just like, hey, when's the fast one coming? And honestly, yeah, he wants to get the world record and get the American record. I get that, but if you're beating everybody, what does it what does it matter? Not just now, but later. You, you need the fast time later because you assume everybody's going to get quicker, so you're going to need that nine eight or nine seven in your pocket to be able to cross the line first, but. He's getting wins and he's racing everybody. I'd be more concerned, or I think it'd be more of an issue if he was running against B and C tier fields and he was running high nine nines, but he's not. He's running now against the best people he can compete against and he's still winning. I will say this I was doing a little bit of some research. And this is an athlete who last year I got a lot of crap for um, saying he wasn't A tier. I was saying he's kind of like the second tier because he's coming off of the <clears throat> suspension, the whereabouts failure. Mm-hmm. But I low-key believe if Curly is to lose, I said, his, I said his floor is now second. Yeah. I think the one person who would beat him is Christian Coleman. Explain. So, first of all, they've only raced a few times. They've only raced three finals against each other. And they were Prefontaine in May of 2022. Actually, no, they only race two finals. Mm-hmm. Prefontaine in May of 2022 and Worlds in July of 2022. Okay. So, basically, Coleman's rookie season after coming off of the suspension, you know, a rust buster of Prefontaine. It was like he got third to Curly getting second in the Prefontaine Classic. And then Worlds were obviously Curly won and yeah. Coleman got six. But you look at Coleman's season right now. Coleman is actually running low-key, I think, having a better 100-meter season right now than Curly, despite Curly being undefeated. Yeah, and that's not right. It is right. Coleman has lost. He's got third in a race. That's not accurate. No, it is accurate when we look at the times, though. I don't care about the times. Coleman's been running faster times. I don't care about the times. Coleman Akeem be- Blake's been running faster times. Is Akeem Blake running? Uh, is he having better season I'm just than Curly? Curly's no. been beating people, but he hasn't been beating. Coleman, uh, Curly has not beaten I thought Coleman gonna... in 2023. <laughs> I'm just uh, – write I... this down. Write this down. This is a statement. Now – this makes no sense. I thought what you were going to say is Coleman's the guy to beat him because his start is so good. He could put him under pressure early on, and maybe that can shake things up. Curly's I thought you were going to say that, but you're just like looking at times and making this conclusion. No, it's, I'm looking at the whole no. broad picture. I mean, <laughs> looking at the whole world. I, I don't have the best uh, stats and bullet points to explain my position right now. Well, I I'm gave kinda, you some. And I'm kind of just shooting by the hip. Yeah. But last night I was diving into the numbers and I was looking. I was like, okay, oh, well, okay. Cur- it's like Curly's racing everyone, right? He's beating Olomunyala. Yeah. He's racing. The- he's undefeated, right? Okay. 
He hasn't beaten Coleman yet this year. I know. Cause, cause and I have a feeling that he's not going to race Coleman at all until Worlds. So you think, I think Coleman's two? I think Coleman is two right now. Okay, because, yeah, we had Omanyala two, and then he lost. And you had Akane, Akane Sambine number two. There's yeah. a curse at the number two spot. Yeah, I think Coleman is number two. And I think Curly's a favorite. I think Curly's going to win. But if Curly does lose... It's going to be Coleman who wins. Curly, it's not going to be anyone else. Curly is definitely the favorite. There's definitely a gap. Yes. The question is how far of a gap is it to number two and who is in that number, number two Number two spot? is Coleman, and if Curly falters, it's going to be Coleman. Yeah, I don't I, – we need to see more from him. I know You'll he, see, he you're won. Going see. Coleman's going to win USA's because Curly's going to scratch the final. I bet. So you have Coleman over Lyles, Bracey, yeah. Bromel, yeah. Baker, yeah. Charleston, yeah. all that? Yeah. Bednarik if he runs? I'm telling you. I'll put Coleman's going to win USA's because, yeah. DC Knowles says, Gordon shooting from the hip? The hell you say? <laughs> I'm just telling you. Col- Add a character. Yeah, I don't Coleman, know thought that one through. Put this out there. Coleman is the guy. You're going to look back on this moment and be like, you were right. Uh, so he won and he won the 100 in Jamaica. But the, the big races of the day came in the men's two in the women's 100. I'm talking about from the Racers Grand Prix. Well, hold on. Well, before you go to that, one more last thing. You say Coleman's lost. Coleman is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Has run seven races and has only lost one time. And it was that third place finish at the LA Grand Prix. So yeah. he's six for seven. Okay. But that's all right. But you've just, the whole point of this is you, he he hasn't raced the guy you said is number one. And you're saying he can beat the guy's number one. There's just no evidence well, of just, that. I'm just saying. He's, he's, he's Curly seven for seven, whatever he is, six or six, five. I don't know, but like, you know, he won the Racers Grand Prix, which we're about to dive into here, but I'm just saying. Well, I didn't talk about that one. That one wasn't that, the men's 200 was where it was at. Yes. Because Lyles was 1967. So Noah Lyles uh, just crushes this 200. This is what you want to see. He, we've seen him in some hundreds this year, but goes out 200 outside lane, just completely dominates this race. Afterwards, had a nice meeting with Usain Bolt, which I thought was pretty cool. I think it's also cool because Bolt doesn't go to many meets. So in Jamaica, he's already there. Nice little handshake and, and embrace and photo between those two guys. They've, all, they've had some back and forth in the past, which was um, always entertaining. But yeah, Lyles, 1967. We're tracking similar to where we were last year in terms of his, his potential in the two. And it just makes me think for Lyles, it makes me think whatever goes on in the one, we're almost grading him on the one because we assume the two is a done deal. So we're looking at the one, and you're like picking it apart and being like, oh, man, where is he going to fit in on the U.S. side of things? Can he make the 100 team? If you put that aside, the guy's still the best 200-meter runner in the world by a good margin. And we kind of forget about that because we're waiting for him to add on things, but he's still no allows in the two. Is this the fastest he's run this early? Uh, I think I saw a post. Yeah, it was the fastest. Um, I mean, I'll look it up while you discuss. Yeah, I think uh, he's... Not really giving us a lot of holes to poke in, poke poke into, right? He he did run a two hundred, I should say, Tom Jones in mid April. He ran twenty oh one. Twenty twenty. Is this what this is probably one of the faster he's run this early, right? Yeah, I'll go back and like look. last year. How fast did he run? How long did it take before he ran nineteen six? Uh he ran nineteen seven in Doha, slightly wind dated. So June nineteen six. Yeah. yeah. So he's on pace. Right on schedule. Okay. On pace for what he did last year, which was Pretty damn fast. Yeah. I I think, yeah, he is heads heads and shoulders, the top guy. You kind of, it looked a lot better than it was because, I mean, Zarnell Hughes was the number two guy. Like, I don't know. Is Hughes really a. He's more of a 100 guy. More of a 100 guy. So, kind of the the field made it look fast, but it's still 1967. It's 1967. 
But it's not it's, it's not the fastest time this year. You know who has it? Oh, it's the what's his name? NCAA's. Yeah, Robert yeah. Gregory. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, what else do you take away from that? Not a lot. Not a lot. Just that again, we can separate the one and the two stuff. Because he could be just he could be sixth best in the U.S. in the hundred and still be tops in the world yeah. in American record shape in the two hundred. That's the reality of it, and that's for two reasons. One reason. The U.S. 100 is just that good and that deep. And the other reason is he's just always been a stronger 200-meter runner. And just because he's not tip-top in the, in the 100 doesn't mean he's not going to be all-time running all-time fast times in the, in the two. But, I mean, that said, I want to see Knighton race against him. Um, I mean, I want to see more Knighton. He looked pretty good. Knighton's going to be running on flow track. On uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, bid gosh. And we saw him. Last week, too. Yeah. Run, run, run pretty well. So, I mean, that's the thing you want to watch. Knighton v. Lyles. Also, I mean, you want to see Curly in there. But Narek, we're not discounting him either. But it's going to be good. It's going to be good. All right. Oh, oh, the women's 100. I want to talk about that, too. Sharika Jackson. 1078. Just, she just keeps piling up the impressive times. Had the, you know, had the 100-meter loss in Doha. But with Fraser Price not running. Um, and Elaine Thompson, hurrah, running sparingly. Jackson has really emerged as the early season one to beat in these events. Yeah, I mean, Jackson is showing consistency. It, this is what I took from this. One, Jackson is in 2022 shape, mm-hmm. where she had a phenomenal season. So that's, there's not like a, she's not falling off. She's not going crazy. She's not going to another level, but she's staying at an elite level of yeah. like, I'm the, the one to beat. But it also showed that Shakari's win is actually pretty damn impressive. Oh, yeah. It was impressive at the time. Too. It was impressive at the time. But the more that Jackson continues to be solid yeah. shows that that victory was a legitimate of victory. Of course. And then ultimately, I keep on seeing Jackson in the Jamaica headlines. You know who I don't see in the Jamaica headlines? The other big two. Yeah, yeah. You don't see Shelly Ann. You don't see Elaine Thompson hurrah. I think it's safe to say that the same way that the idea of a men's USA sweep in the 100 mm-hmm. was it's kind of slowly dwindling as these other athletes, Simbene, Omanyala, yeah. Blake, and Seville, all these guys. I think you can say the same thing for the women in the 100 meters and 200 for Jamaica. I think Shelly Ann is not She's not 100%. Running. She's yeah. not even running. She's yet to even run this season. Elaine thompson Ra isn't doing anything special either. There's going to be, a, I think there's a legitimate chance we could only see one Jamaican medal in the women's 100 and in the women's 200, like one each. Yeah, still early, but. It's still early. I mean. It is a similar comp. It and is you, two months away from Worlds. Yeah. You do realize, though, how. Two and a half. How fragile that whole sweep thing is. It goes from, oh, it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. It's an afterthought. U.S. men, the Jamaican women, boom, boom, boom. And then just a couple things change. And then it looks like a distant possibility. I would say right now, I'd still say the U.S. men are a little bit worse off than the Jamaican women, but it's that's kind of right. wild. It, it's very close. I mean, Elaine Thompson-Ross is not running well, and yeah, that's Shelly Ann just literally isn't running. You're, you're basing it all off past performance, which that's I'm fine doing that. Like they've done it more than that U.S. trio has done it. That's sure. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But like, should, when you. when should we start putting up the concern meter for? Elaine oh. and Shelly. Well, I think they're national championships. Now, they have buys and things like that, so it's it's harder to figure out. But then you're getting into 
one month. National championships are coming. The other up. thing, you know, also you have Richardson, you have Hobbs, you have Tolu, you have I know Asher Smith just scratched Marais, but she's always there. You have Julian Alfred. Like, Alfred, man. They have to be. They may not have to be as fast as they were last year to get a sweep, but they need to be pretty close, and that's going to be hard to do. I don't know. I'm starting to just get. I mean. We see all these runners running. If you haven't run by now, there's something yeah. up. It's not early season anymore. Right. We're in like the beginning of peak season. It's June. It's June. Right? That, we should get a t-shirt called It's June. It's June. And we should wear it in July. And it'd be ironic. Ooh. That's actually, that's a, put that in the Gordon Good idea list. Wearing a It's June shirt in July. I mean, I could see someone doing that and I'd be like, what's this guy's deal? But I could just see that becoming popular amongst uh the 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 gen what are you on zoomers gen are we on gen y gen, no gen z gen z does this go back to gen a then i don't know gen z that's a good question well if you also, go to numbers is you go to, gen zero gen one you have to make it to the next generation to find out it's like you're in an excel sheet and you know once you get all the way to z then it goes aa, AA. gen aa, gen AA. That's, well that's uh, not a good one don't do that but there actually might be a gen AA that's probably. yeah good right. thing you workshop that before yeah. you said it out loud all right let's move over to hengalo 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 safan hassan uh impresses she runs world leading 10k <laughs> yeah after winning the london marathon let's remember she won the freaking london marathon she trained to be a marathoner and five weeks later she won the world lead in the 10k which requires speed believe it or not it does it and does. you know it requires even more speed running 358 and a 1500 because you see it from this clip here safana san 24 hours after running world lead 2937 in a 10k runs 358 which is you know, top eight quality in the world level uh, running. Uh, there was a moment where I was like, is she going to get beat by this this kid? Is she like, she's like 18 or something like that when she, a teenager, mm-hmm. was racing her. I was like, oh, wait, maybe there's said, but no, Safana San, she still has the wheels. Despite training for a marathon, she can still close phenomenally and run 358 and a 1500. What can't she do, man? First of all, when is the last time you've seen someone do Two event, two distance events at a non-championship meet. Yeah, like a Diamond League or a Continental Tour. When have Pre Classic always does the distance night yeah. and the other stuff. You never see anybody doubling back. Of course, Sifan Hassan does it because she signs up for every race. What's more impressive that she could go and run a 10k and then a 15 back to back, less than 24 hours rest, and close it with 3:58, or that the woman who just won the London Marathon in mid-April can be in 358 shape by the beginning of June. What I want, this is what I want. Answer the question, Gordon. The, it's the latter. Okay, me too. That's what I was... And the reason why it's the latter is we need to do this. We need to get the top 20 marathoners, American <laughs> International, all the Kenyans, all the... Like, yeah. we, we want Emily Sisson. We want yeah. uh, D'Amato. We want all the Kenyans and Ethiopians. Mm-hmm. And we want them all run a 1500. And just see what and they can do. And you're going to see them all run like 412. Yeah. And Safana San is going to beat them all by 15 seconds. Yeah. Which is just insane. And everyone would be like, well, yeah, I only can run 412 in a 1500 because I'm training for a freaking marathon. Yeah. Well, Safana San is changing the rules. The same way Wayne Van Niekert said you can break world records in lane eight. Mm-hmm. Safan's saying is just because you're training for the marathon doesn't mean you lose your speed. But she seems to be the only one who yeah. can benefit from that rule. For sure. Yeah. Most people can't. Yeah. Most people's hamstrings would be in a pile of dust if they tried to do what Safan Hassan did. I, 
I'm with you. I think the more impressive thing is we have a, a, a London Marathon winner against a really good field, 218, comes and can, can shift into track form. Because you're right, the 10K does take speed, but nothing compared to the 1500. That's just a whole different yeah. mentality, a whole different approach to be able to do it. And we would be impressed if she ran like 403. I would, yeah, I would. Especially coming off the 10 yeah. the night before. It's well, just, like, uh, you know, Cruz was four, three, four, five. But she went three fifty eight, man. She's built to do just crazy, extraordinary things. That's the only way I can describe it. There's just no real, none of the, the normal laws about rest or range apply to Safanasan at all. They just don't. I know there was a one. She did the trip uh, triple at the Olympics and then got so tired that it lasted into 2022. That's the only time in in the last five years when we've seen Safanasan react normally to anything. Everything else is just ridiculously impressive so she currently is top eight in the 1500 yeah she's top one in the 10k yeah and her marathon time is top four mm. has anyone ever been top eight in the same year of the marathon 10k and 1500 she won't she'll be top eight in the 5k when she runs a 5k okay. she could be top eight yeah in everything and listen she's not gonna get it because Someone else will get it, but that's the type of thing that should win you athlete of the year. Yeah, for world athletics. Yeah, like that, that's more impressive than one world record. It's just that's just bizarre. Now, yeah, don't not taking away from the like Kipyega and everything, but just the unique nature of that. Like, if she ends the year top, now that five that fifteen hundred will. Yeah, she'll have to run. She'll, she'll drop down. Yeah, but she said she's what five and ten, or maybe just ten at worlds is what yeah. I saw after. Let's keep it going. Uh, let's switch from Hangalo just to some other – three other results we want to talk about, and then we'll get into the uh, NCAA preview where you're going to give five events to watch. I'm really excited about that. Uh, first up, Shanti Jackson, high school record in the 100. She ran 10.89. Gordon gets that U.S. high school record. Uh, 0.9 win, ran against a field um, of pros, beat all them. So future is bright for – Shanti Jackson, who, you know, I'd run really well in the 60, run really well in the, the 200, but you put the tent that the distance that people know you can associate greatness with is the 100. And sub 11, yeah. And, and sub 11. Okay, so here's my question for her. No, for you, about her. Yeah. Last time someone broke the high school record in the 100, you know who it was? Uh, Brianna Williams. No. Did she? Yeah, isn't isn't Williams one, and then it's Candace Hill too? Well, I thought I was thinking Candace. I was thinking when Candace Hill broke it. Sorry. Okay, so well, you got when, that wrong. Go ahead. I got that wrong. But when Candace Hill broke the record, she went pro, right? Yeah. With the way people are running fast all over the world, is this a mark that will entice sponsors to draw her away from going to college? Oh, I think absolutely. There'll be offers there. Do you think she'll take the offers? I don't know. I mean, she's going to Arkansas. They got a pretty good setup there. <laughs> pretty good track record yeah. of turning people, fast people, into even faster people. I mean, Batman, her dad, I'm sure he's got a ton of experience yeah. on knowing how the college side of things work and, of course, the professional side of thing work. sides of things work. You're right, though, but, I mean, that's a really, really amazing time. Um, is it a guarantee of like a certain amount of money. I don't know. I don't know where the market is at yeah. these days. Like that's a, that's a tough thing to forecast. But anytime you get under 11 seconds, you're talking about, all right, this person's in US finals. This one's this person's in Diamond Leagues. But yeah, I'm not I'm not sure in terms of what that could garner and 
how do you balance that versus going to going to college? I think that uh, you know we see people go right to pro. I mean, Lyles did it. Drew Hunter, um, Candace Hill, mm-hmm. a few other uh, others. Who's a sprinter? I mean, Knighton. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's a, it makes sense because, like, you all of a sudden, year one or year one and a half, you already are, like, top eight in the world type person. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't work out, and you're just kind of like another another guy or another girl. I do think, though, for someone like Shante Jackson, that's like, yes, you could go pro, but just do, like, a year of college for fun. Win a couple NCAA championships. Experience that. Yeah, do what a thing Mo did. Or do what Donovan Brazier did. Mm-hmm. Or just go go one year Enjoy the, the the college life because yeah, at the end of the day you're you're still eighteen nineteen years old. I mean you've been to, you've been to Fayetteville. Yeah, the facilities both indoor and outdoor. Yeah, and what they you're got going s- on, it's harder. That's hard to replicate other places. Yeah, I mean and, you could find a spot, but it's hard. And your running career, it's going to benefit your running <laughs> career too. Like one year at Arkansas is going to be a additive than one year pro training in mm-hmm. wherever you're from. Like I just think that. You're not really losing much out because you're still going to be able to compete at the championships. Mm-hmm. The only thing you're not going to get is a year's worth of money sponsorship, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But who you, knows? How long it. do you plan on? How long do you plan on living till eighty? Right. Me personally, I would have so hurt. You're say you were making one hundred and twenty. Say you, you go pro at twenty, you're making money for. 30 years of your life. This sounds What's like making, nostalgic Gordon. Gordon wants to go back to college. No, making money like, for 29 years. Don't grow up too fast. Yeah. Cherish every moment. No, I just think yeah. that she should go to college for one year. Not two. Two is too much. Well, and I, two is too much. I think she should do whatever she wants, personally. Yes, 100%. Do whatever you want, but two is too much. Do what makes you happy. I think NIL might change this, too. Yeah. There's that factor. Uh, Casey Lightfoot, American record in the pole vault. Uh, out in uh, Nashville, right? Music City. What do we go? Six oh seven. Yeah. Had uh, the world lead for like a day. I know. And then Mondo went. Then Mondo's and had like, goes, nope, sorry. Can't have that. Can't have that right now. Mondo should be able. Mondo, pretty soon, when he has the top like 100 marks of all time, he's looking for new things to do. He's just going to be at home. And he's just going to have the ability whenever anybody sets a world leader, gets somewhere close. Go in his backyard. To immediately like mobilize a meet that's um, – certified and just go and do it and do one, goes, one attempt and be like he like goes down to the back cave like calls up alfred who like sets up the the pit and everything like that and then just does it and he's like goes back like that's the only thing that's gonna keep him going but not to take away from my foot no great, great uh yeah great, i mean that 607 is that's medalist contention yeah at the world level I mean, we're just spoiled because you look at the Mondo mark and you you're just like, oh, what is Mondo's this? What is it? 6.2 yeah. and you're at 6.0. You, you so. forget that six used to be a big deal in yeah. a competition. Six oh seven. It's a legit record that Mondo at one point had. Yeah. Because Mondo at one time had the American record, ironically, as a yeah. Swede. It was fun. Um, so big ups for Casey Lightfoot. Also, uh, Mount Rushmore of track and field names. Uh, all in the game mentions the 18-year-old Mattia Furlani wins the men's long jump uh, at Hangalo FBK Games, 894, minus 0. 0.7. Eight? I'm sorry, 894. 894, what the? My second error of the pod. 824. Like, 824. He's my U20 record. Uh, compares, uh, compares him to, to Jaden Hibber, which who we're going to see this weekend in Austin. One more result, and then the NCAAs. Portland Track Festival, men's 1500. Now, a lot of people are going to talk about Cole Hawker. I'm going to talk about Eamon Kemboy getting it done, Campbell. Um, Dude, 
Oh, wait, if we didn't end up in Alabama? Eamon Kimboy? Yeah, he's Campbell he, and he, then Alabama. No, Campbell then Arkansas. Ah, Campbell and then Arkansas. But yeah, I just thought that was a good run for Eamon Kimboy. Everybody's talking Hawker. Yeah. I mean, you can talk about who you want. Well, I'm going to talk about I just Hawker. want to give Eamon Kimboy a little bit of props here. He ran 334. That's fast, too. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's, it's also 334. It's not 330. So we can't get our. Correct. Can't go crazy. But Put that on the, the shirt. The, the two things I took from this one, Cole Hawker, he had a great kick. He was like in 12th place and then ran down the field. So we know Hawker is healthy. This is his first race since like January. Mm-hmm. So there was concerns of like what's going on with Hawker. This performance alone automatically just makes me think 2021 Hawker vibes. And I'm like, all right, Hawker, you're a lock for top three. He went from like, I don't know if this guy has it. He might have been a flash in a pan. But this one performance immediately vaults him in the top three, in my opinion. So you have Nagus, Tier, and Hawker? But then you also have Hobbs. Yeah. So there's it makes it made the, this all of a sudden made the fifteen hundred not a cut and dry. Here are the best three. We know it's going to be these the two. men's fifteen hundred in the U.S. The last couple of years has not been excited no. as exciting as it is this now. This got exciting because then they also have the other factor, Mr. Matthew Sentowitz. Yeah. Who a week after we said watch out three thirty six. He's back. I think we showed that that three thirty six isn't as what a three thirty six normally is because he got dead last in this race, three thirty eight. What are your thoughts on Central? Does this performance yeah, yeah. Central losing to Maggard, Angles, Wynn, Hunter, Prakel, Gregoric, and Hawker? That's a lot of Americans ahead of him. Yes. It's not the time, it's where you're at in the pecking order. Yeah. That matters. We always get caught up on, oh, this person's on the comeback trail. How fast can they run? But if you're measuring success on hey, are they gonna make some teams, then you gotta figure out a way they're gonna get in the top three. And it's tough now. I'm kind of surprised he raced. Um, that I thought, okay, he has a 336. He'll keep it low-key for a while before he runs again. But I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I, I was a little surprised. I thought the trajectory was going to keep going up. I mean, credit him for racing shows that he's healthy, I guess. Um, but, yeah, you with how good Hawker ran and, I mean, Gregorich's right there too, it's um, – it's definitely a shift in where he's at in the U.S. Right, because he was just—I mean—he was right behind Gregoric and Prakel when they ran at LA Grand Prix. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. I so mean, if, if he—I mean—if he duplicated that and you had him in sixth in this race because he beat—he beat Hunter last time too, yeah. correct? Then I think uh, all right. Now he's two seconds faster than he was, and he's in that same range. So I'd say this after this race, this is my official top ten men's fifteen hundred meter rankings. Yeah, in go the US. for it. I hit it. Number one, Cooper Tier. Number two, Yarna Goose. Three, Hawker. Four, Kessler. Five, Gregoric. Six, Prakel. Seven, Eric Holt. Still believing in Holt. Eight, Paul Ryan. Nine, Henry Wynn. And ten, Matthew Centrowitz. Keep him at ten. All right. Well, listen, if you told him two months ago, would you take ten? Yeah. His fans take ten. I think you take ten, especially because he's talking about this being a run-up to 2024. So you know what he, I got? He might run out of time for 2023. That just yeah. might be the reality of it. But it's also a really good year for the U.S. in the 1500. You know where I got that top 10 list? From the Flutrack rankings. Which? Is that the surprise? Yeah. Oh. Awesome. So we just released the U.S. rankings one month out. We weren't going to do this, but I said, we're doing it anyway. I ranked every event, 100 all the way to decathlon. So go to flowtrack.com, Check out the rankings. They're on the homepage. All top 10. But I want to say, what, what, pick an event, and I'll tell you what we have. What's a fun event that I want? I want to give me like two or three events. I'll tell you our top ten, and then you can yeah, I'm gonna, on the rankings and say how. Well, let's they just are. do let's just do hundred because I know you're going to be way off. Men's or women's? Men's. 
So men's hundred. We'll start bottom. Number ten, Demarcus Fleming from LSU. Nine, Kyrie King. Eight, Williams from Oregon. Seven, Kenny B. Six, Trayvon Bromel. Five, Cravat Charleston. He's running really well. Yeah, he's in. There. Four, Marvin Bracy. Three, Noah Lyles. Two, Christian Coleman, and one, Fred Curley. Now I understand why you were so you're just pumping up Coleman because you had him second. Well, that's where I learned that he's promoting to be second. Promoting the rankings. Well done. Do you want another event? Women's four hundred. Women's four hundred. Who's in it? I did. <laughs> I just want to see number you. ten: Kennedy Simon. Nine: Mackenzie Dunmore. Eight: Wideland Jonathan. Seven: Kendall Ellis. Six: Jermisha Arnold. Five: Talitha Diggs, Florida. Four: Rosie Efong from Arkansas. Three: Lena Irby, Jackson. Two: Britton Wilson, and one: Sydney McLaughlin. Oh, so she's in the rankings. That's what I, I was wondering. I took her out of the 400 hurdles, though. Oh, you did? Yeah, she's not going to run 400 hurdles at USA's. Who's number one in the... Uh... 400 hurdles? Yeah. Brenton Wilson. Okay, good. You got that one right. Yeah. So, check them all out. All the rankings are there. Any other... No, had, that's all I wanted. I had no. Shakari one in the 100. I had Steiner one in the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, pretty good. Fun rankings. Check all them right. Out. Let's go to the let's preview NCAA's kicks off on Wednesday. You should Wednesday. make a graphic of the rankings of each one and post it out and get people talking. Each one? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Have fun with that. Yeah. Let me just get that put that down on my notes for things to All right. do. The reason why we're doing this pod is because the NCAA's is this weekend. Right? <laughs> yes, that's usually why we do pods that correspond to events. Starts Wednesday, goes through Saturday here in Austin. We're, Gord- there's a coaches social happening tomorrow. Gordon has his five events to watch. Put the microphone down. Don't bang it. Don't make any extra noise. Are you going to go to the coach's social? Uh, yeah. yeah. Let's go. What? Cook. Cook? Yeah. You I want to talk num- about... Number one. Okay. Number five. However you want to do So what's the segment again? Let's, re- let's redo the segment. Let's redo this clip, Kevin. Sorry. I was still reminiscing about the gloriness of spending 48 hours making rankings and you for to be like... Cool. Well, you were talking about it as a surprise. It I was thought, a surprise. I, I thought I made, you made shirts or something. I made, to be honest, I ranked like 500 athletes. It's great. I, I had already seen it. That's why I was like, I looked at when you posted. And when like, you saw oh. it, you didn't even text me. Be like, good job with the rankings. Well, I was, dude, I text you so many good jobs this weekend. I thought I ran the gift out. that you sent me was in reaction to those rankings, but it wasn't. Oh, well, that okay. <laughs> Sorry, I worked really hard on them. You did great. I'm happy. There's I an just, algorithm. You just said a surprise. I didn't think the surprise was you. That I worked over the rank- weekend yeah. making rankings? Yeah, because you've done rankings a lot. All right. Okay. NCAA championships, five events to watch. Let's start with the men's side of things. What no, are some no, events? no. We're not starting with the men's side of things. We're just starting with the number five event to watch, which happens to be a men's event. Actually, I'll take that. We'll do that segment again. Go ahead. You, 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 you want to do the clip. I'm going to look at the chat over here. You want to do the clip. Go ahead. All right, top five NC events to watch. I ranked them. I went through all 42 events, and I picked the, the five best, and I ranked them in order. The fifth most exciting event this weekend in Austin, Texas, is going to be the men's 1500. Why, you may ask. Mm. Because we have no idea what's going to happen. And there's a lot of times where we have events where anybody can win it, like the men's 800 at the world level. But that's also a detriment to the quality of the event because anyone can win it because no one is good. It's typically what happens in a, anyone's race because no one is good. But this is different. This is anyone can win it, but everyone is good. So it's, it's more fun. That means there's going to be someone who gets sixth in this race who probably could have won it 
and is probably yeah. deserving of can run like three thirty four. You know? Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, looking at the 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 list of athletes, I think that it's going to be very hard to predict. I bet you you will not be able to f- successfully pick two people who finish in the top three. Mm. Can you do that? No, I'm not even going to try. Can okay, you? so you have Masadi, who I have uh, ranked one. Wascom, two. I have. All right, I'll take those two. I think one of those two won't finish in the top three. I'll trust your rankings and go with those uh, two. I have the South Carolina kid, three. Isaac Baston, four, who I think is going to win. Your guy. Ezekiel Rop, five, who his coach thinks is going to win. Jeremy texted me. He's like, watch out for Rop. So I'm going to. That's okay. why I ranked him fifth. Watch out. Uh, Luke Hauser, Washington, six. He's good. So coaches just need to text you. and then Yeah, the coach texts me, up the rankings. Boom. <laughs> you want to be number one? Just say, be number one. Actually, when you ask... Most coaches ask me to not rank their athletes because yeah. they like pretending that everyone is against them. Yeah, You should see the text I got the other day. I was like, bro, oh, from nah, who? I can't tell you. I'll tell you after the pod. But I was like, no, what's I'm what's their name start with? You low. Is it a team thing or a uh, yeah, it was, individual? It was a thing where I was like, no, you're too good to be. It's like, stop it. Mm. They're living in fairytale land pretending like their team isn't good. Okay. Um, Jesse Hunt, seven, North Carolina, and Nathan Green, eight, Washington. I think it's just like the Washington guys are there. You got... Jason from Drake, you have Oklahoma State, you got South Carolina. It's just going to be a very fun race. I don't know how it's going to play out. It could be super slow, a 345 race. It could be quick in 335. And I think um, it's just a very unknown. And whoever wins this race is, I think, I think there's probably two to three people in this field who will be in the Olympics next year and be in the world final in 2025. Mm. That's how good I think this field is. Underrated. So that's number five. Uh, number four. You ready? Yeah. Sticking on the men's side. Men's 200. Why? Because we're going to see something stupid happen in the men's 200. We've already had a lot of stupid 200-meter races. And by stupid, I mean ridiculously fast times with ridiculous wind. Stuff that's not normal coming from collegiate kids, 18 to 22, unless you're Arian Knighton, who's just yeah. a <laughs> unicorn on his own. But I just think the men's 200 is going to be the one sprint event to watch on the men's side that's going to be... Very exciting. You got Robert Gregory, who's on 19-6. You have Bowling, the indoor champion, who's not even, like, ranked anywhere. Mm-hmm. You have Javante Harding, who's a fast guy. You have the uh, Texas Tech guys, uh, Jones and Lindsey, um, Stanford. It's just there's a lot of, you know, Maswin uh, Ganwe of Houston. Yeah. So I'm just excited for that. I think they're all going to push each other. And I think, Bearing we got win legal. I think we're going to see like a win legal like 19-7. Yeah. And for perspective, Noel House was in 19-67, so. Last time the meet was here, the sprints were fast. Yeah, and I think it's going to be and just was, as fast. It was done earlier in the day, so it was even hotter, but it's still going to be hot. Yeah. 7, 8, 9 o'clock. Under lights. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to be. It's just going to be under lights. That's it. All right, number three. Number three event, women's 5K for two reasons. Number one, it's going to be Caitlin Tui. Trying to secure the double because I think Tui's going to win the 1500 easily earlier in the day. She'll be coming for the double, which doesn't really happen. 15 5K double is not a commonly done double. We kind of are just pretending mm-hmm. it's normal. We got, like, oh yeah, she's doing it. Yeah. It's like, no, they do the 510 double. They don't do the 15 5 double. Yeah. Um, I would love to see someone do a 10 15 double in honor <laughs> of someone. Uh, Tui could have done it. Um, but so I'm excited to see Tui go for the double, but ultimately it's rematch time. Tui versus Valby. Uh, from Val- cross from cross um volley is kind of have a wild post cross season it's her indoor she was low-key then pulls out 
of indoors. Then she kind of still continues to stay low key, runs a couple races here and there, um, wins SECs, but like barely. She got closed on, but was able to hold on to the lead. It's going to be interesting seeing Valby go up against Tui. Tui, I think, is a heavy favorite. Valby's going to have to come up with some unique strategy to kind of break Tui, take advantage of the fact that Tui's coming off of a 1500 in the hot weather. So we'll see what happens. But I'm excited to see the little gamemanship between Tui and Valby, especially now that they've raced each other a couple times. And it's kind of weird. Tui kind of, she's won a lot, right? Yeah. Valby has yet to get hers. Yeah. So there's going to be a little bit of more. Yeah, she's still early in her career. Yeah, Valby, but I know Valby's. You, let's be honest. Would Valby rather win this race mm-hmm. or not win this race and then win three NCAA championships next year without Tui in the field? A three is more than one, so I'll go with three. But three against a weaker field versus one against Tui? No, you still, you'd still take three. No, well, I think what's interesting, what about two? What about two? Two what? next year, not against Tui versus one two this year. Two is still versus... greater than one. No, I can no, no. show you the math later. What I think is interesting is Tui was so dominant indoors with the three and the five, but it's just different because it's on different days. Like it's very, yeah. it's very tough, and we'll talk about it later on with Britton Wilson. It's, it's just tough to bounce back that same day. Some, some people can. Um, have any easy time with it still, but it is going to be, it's going to be taxing. Like you shouldn't underrate how difficult that is on the same day. Totally different. Yeah. So I'm excited. Who are you taking? Tui. Tui, I think is going to get the, it makes the sense. Yeah. But sure. hey, I'll be sharing for Valby to make it a, a good race. That's mm-hmm. what I want to see. So uh, number two, the second most exciting event. It's not the women's long jump. However, I want to give them a shout I'm out. Because gonna... women's long jump is going to be good with J- Jasmine Moore and Claire Bryant versus Akilah Smith. Yeah. Texas versus Florida is going to be the team battle right there. If you don't want to watch any of the meet, just watch the women's long jump and you'll find out who won. Well, and also triple, too. So you, triple Jasmine two. Moore can get both of them. And also, while we're on field events, um, Jaden Hibbert. Yeah. I want to see what he does for Arkansas in the triples. He get another U20 record. Guttermson. He was rolling indoors. This is classic track and field. I said it will pick five events, and then I I'm picked like a nine. moment to be like, and these fourth other things. Yeah. Just Nicholas Alekna. Yes. Throw the heck out of the uh, discus. Kyle Garland in the decathlon. Oh, yeah. Shout out, shout out Kyle Garland. Kyle Garland. Yeah. Hope we see his dad again. Yeah. It's yeah exciting. You wear the shirt? I should wear the shirt. Yeah. I'm going to wear All the right. shirt. All right. Uh, the actual number two most exciting event is the Women's 100. And it's not the event. It's just Julian Alfred. Because I think we're going to see Julian Alford break the collegiate record. She's going to break Shakari's re- record at the same on the same track that Shakari ran. Uh, I think it's going to be extremely fast, and she's going to go for. It's not going to be like, "Whoa, you broke the collegiate record." It's going to be like, "Whoa, you might be a gold medal." So that would person. Mean, that would mean you're talking. She's going to run ten. A six is involved she's there. Ten sixty nine. You think so? Yeah. I mean, even if she goes ten seventy, you'd talk about potential. She's going ten sixty nine. I'm kind of no. She's gonna run 10.69 with 2.2 win, and so it's gonna be a little like what? Or she'll run like 10.71 with 2.0 win or something like that. But yeah, I'm excited for that race uh, on her home track. Texas women are gonna win the team title. I mean, there's a chance they lose, but they're gonna win. But there's always a chance to lose. But they're just so much better than they have so much depth, and it's all on the backs of Julian Alfred, who's gonna be in the one, the two, four by one, and maybe in the four by four. Uh, But She has the record in the indoor 60 and the indoor 200. Yeah. And she has the four by one record. Mm-hmm. So she does have the one or the two record. Mm-hmm. She has the ability to get it. And I think we might 
she might be able to walk off this track with five collegiate records, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah. So, and especially in the marquee events, the 60, the 200, the 100, the four by one, when you think of track and field, you think of sprinting. And if she's able to walk away from her collegiate career with five records, senior, it'll be incredible. So I'm thinking <laughs> 1069 collegiate record watch. I don't care. I don't even know who's going to finish second. Sears or Long or whoever. It doesn't matter. It's all about Julian Alfred. If you're in the big favorite, I feel like even the other seven athletes on that starting line are going to be like, what do we? Do? I remember yeah. last time it was here, and it was the complete opposite. It was a wide open field. They were talking about how fast it was going to take to win that race. Like Tiana Daniels at the press conference, Kayla White was yeah. talking about it, and then Richardson won it, and the time was shocking because even though people were talking about a fast time. Nobody thought it would be that fast. Yeah. It, was When Sha'Carri won, was that out of nowhere? Yeah. Because I think Daniels was the favorite. Right? Well, there was a – Tanisha Terry was in there as Terry, well yeah. too. Like it was it was deep. It was balanced. But there was a thought that Daniels could could get it done. Sha'Carri was just like a, another one of the SEC women who kind of is like in the mix. She wasn't – whoa, watch out, right? Did she, did she win SECs? She – let me pull it up. Let's go back in time. Uh, so she ran a 10.99 at East. I remember that being okay. East prelims. I mean, yeah, she won SECs. Wind aided 2.1. Uh, or sorry, wind aided 11.0. But I, it was tough because she was had, just she was in the elite tier of like one of these four are gonna win. She got seventh in the 60 indoors. She's not a good 60 runner though. And so then and then like Texas Relay, she ran 10.91. That was okay. Yeah, I remember that. But like it was. Let me pull up this 100 list. Who was in this? Richardson, White, Terry, Daniels, Kiara Parker, Kiara Grant, Anellis, and Seymour. So yeah, there was any one of those top four. I think could have we're, we're, we're getting spoken yeah. about, and and Richardson just. Won, I mean, she won by two tens celebrating her. Like it wasn't close at all. I remember watching that. Yeah. I was at the beach. I was working the meet. Anyway, <laughs> last one. All right, the number one event, and it's going to be an event where the winning time is not even going to be fast. The winning time is going to be like all right. But it's going to be the women's 400 meter hurdles because uh, Bryn Wilson will be coming off of 27 minutes prior, probably running 49 seconds in a 400. Because it's going to take her to run, she's going to have to run 49 mid or low to win the 400 this year. Because mm-hmm. Diggs, Adeleke, yeah. uh, the other uh, Arkansas girl, mm-hmm. Ifong, who's had ranked in the top five in the US rankings, check them out on Flow Check. Uh, but she's going to have to run 49. Five to the low, and I think that's all going to happen. I think Brian Wilson's going to the four hundred. She's the best four hundred meter, one of the best four hundred meter runners in the world right now. So it's not about her in the four hundred. They're going to see it forty nine, cool. But then you're going to have twenty seven minutes of Britton Wilson just being like, "You got to be kidding me!" Like I got to run four hundred hurdles, and she's probably going to run fifty four or fifty five, maybe narrowly gets the win. But watching a woman run forty nine seconds, take twenty five minute break, and then run four hundred hurdles at the Highest level you can at the NCAA level. It's mm-hmm. gonna be fun to watch. Like she's gonna, she's running an eight hundred. She's running a, she's sprinting an eight hundred over twenty seven minutes. It's like insane. I'm curious how much simulation they've done for this. I'm assuming they've done practiced it at practice something similar to it. Maybe it wasn't a quarter. Maybe it's a, a three hundred or a three fifty or something. Just because that is such a small amount of rest. Conspiracy. Oh, good to you. They haven't practiced it. No, I have an idea. <laughs> well. What I was going to say is because she's done this on short turnaround before, but this is only one event in between. What's your conspiracy? So what's the event that's in between? It's the eight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Can Ar- does Arkansas have an 800 meter runner? Oh, you're saying it's go out and jog. I was thinking in one of the events, just a bunch of false starts in the four hurdles, but that doesn't work because then you get DQ'd. I think. Imagine if they put someone that had someone qualified the eight, and her job was just to like <laughs> run four minutes, run a four minute eight hundred. <laughs> I think the four hundred hurdles obviously is it's it's her just against fatigue at yeah. that point. Not no disrespect to anybody else in the field, but she's two seconds clear of everybody yeah, else. That's a lot. In the, the 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 really good race, even though she she is the the favorite, is open quarter because of how fast Adeleke and Diggs are. Yeah. If it was flipped around and maybe they looked at this ahead of time and they knew this going in, but if it was flipped around, then it would be so much harder, so much of a, a much deeper climb. I think she would have a shot at doing it, but it would just be it would be much more difficult. So you're right; the attention is going to go to the second event. But if you're looking just for okay, a great one or two person race, uh, it, it's the quarter standalone. That quarter is going to be great. Yeah. Four hurdles is going to be great because of the, the history that, that will happen if she crosses the line first. I still can't believe she's doing this. Like, we're on in the final stretch for the meet. I still can't believe this is happening. It makes me so happy. I love doubles. I'm so happy right now. I'm just so happy. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we're going to have. Can you see my face? I'm yeah. Happy. We're going to have four big doubles and Moore, Alfred, Tui, and Wilson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Those are Gordon's five events to watch. He also wants to do his rapid fire picks. So go ahead. You have. I'm going to cap this at two minutes. Gordon's going to pick every single event. Are you ready? Hold on. Okay. On your mark. Get set. Go. Okay, hold on. Start over. (laughs) I need to put out a warning that I'm not going to say these people's names correctly. You know, because if I'm going fast, I'm just going to be... No, just say... I'm going going to say bad. I'm going to say names. Just do like last names. Uh, Yeah, the last names are hard too. I'm just saying I want to get it out there that I'm going to say a lot of names wrong, and it's not on purpose. Well, do your best. Okay. Start Ready? the timer again. Set. Go. Uh, men's 100. Gosh. Pathetic. Dude, I have dyslexia. What? I want to say his name. Oh. On, on, on was a weekend. Odoti? On was a weekend. Odoti. Odoti. Got it. All right. Start over. Start the timer. All right. Ready? Set. Go. Men's 100. Odoti. Men's 2. I'm going to say Gregory. Uh, men's four, Godwin. Men's 110 hurdles, uh, Roberts, Gianna Roberts, Clemson. 400 hurdles, Owens, uh, Delamar, the heptathlete from Arkansas. 100, Alfred. 200, Alfred. 400, Wilson. 100 hurdles. I'm going with Armstrong over Messiah Russell. Uh, women's 400 hurdles, Wilson. That's sprints and hurdles. Uh, sprints. All right, so distance. Uh, men's 800. I'm going to say Busymana. I, I want to say Anderson, but I'm going to go with Busymana. Actually, no, screw it. Busy, uh, Anderson. Let's have some fun. Mississippi State's Anderson. Mm-hmm. He's going to take the win. Men's 1500. Isaac Baston. Come on. Uh, men's 5K. Uh, Brian Fay. Men's 10K. Casey Klinger. Men's 3K Steeple. Duncan Hamilton. Men's eight hundred. Mm. I mean, women's eight hundred. Claire Seymour. Women's fifteen. Tui. Women's five k. Tui. Women's ten k. Right out of time. Ever- Evelyn Kemboy, Utah Valley. Women's three k steeple. Olivia Markovic, Notre Dame. Field events: high jump. Vernon Turner. Pole vault. Gutesman. 
Long jump. Ah! Terry McLeod, Arkansas. Uh, triple jump. Jaden Hibbert, Arkansas. Shot put. Jordan Geis, Arizona. Hammer mm. throw. Jordan Geist, Arizona. Get double. 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 Get him on the Bowerman list. Uh, discus throw. Um, Alec. Alecna? Alecna. Alecna, California. Um, javelin throw. Ethan Dabbs, Virginia. Decathlon. Kyle Garland. Women's high jump. Lamar Diston, Texas A&M. Pole vault. Arkansas, Amanda Fasold. Long jump. I'm going to hold that one. Uh, triple jump, Jasmine Moore. <laughs> These are pass. Shot put. Uh, we're doing Van Clinken, Oregon. Hammer throw. We're doing Ratcliffe, Harvard. Discus throw. Van Clinken, Oregon. Another doubler. No, not add to the list. Add to the list. Javelin throw. Ooh. Madison, Will Trout, North Carolina. Heptathlon. Allie Jones of, no, no. Uh, Christine Blazavica of Texas on her home track. And then women's long jump. Jasmine Moore or Akele Smith. I'm going with Smith of Texas. I think this is going to be Moore's first loss. I think Moore loses the long jump. So I'll go with Akela Smith of Texas for the long jump. What about the relays? Relays. Uh, oh, thank you, man. Relays. Yeah. Women's 4x1, Texas. Women's 4x4. Four four. So this is hard. I think I think it's easy. It's not. It's easy. It's Arkansas. You think Wilson's gonna run? Even if she doesn't run, they're fine. Texas is good. Texas beat them. Arkansas is gonna win. Texas is Texas. Lance Harder's last event. Yeah, yeah. Arkansas is gonna because Texas win. isn't gonna try because they'll have the, the team title racked up. They'll and they're try, gonna, but they're not. They're gonna, gonna rest run. everyone. So yeah, Arkansas women, Texas women in four by one. Um, men's four by one. This is hard. I want to say LSU. This is not hard. Uh, but like Florida, man, they showed up. You know what did Florida did when Houston, Florida won the four by one here in 2019. They didn't. I remember that. And I think they're going to win it again. Florida over LSU. I'm taking it. Four by four. Four by four. Florida. Not sure. necessarily. Georgia's good. Okay. They make a pick. Alabama. You know what? Send it with Georgia. Georgia. Teams. Uh, uh, Texas women. Arkansas men. All right. There you have it. Did it. That's, Don't even need to watch the event. That's the event right there. That's just, that was awesome. I'm that's go, the show. I'm going to go 44 for 44. That's the show. What if I got everyone right? Thanks for, uh, be you bring that up every time and yet it, like, one like day. day one. It's like getting the perfect bracket. Oh, men's ste- you didn't mention men's steeple. That's going to be good. Along with women, women's high hurdles, those would, I know we capped it at five and then it turned into eight and then yeah. now it's 10, but men's steeple, women's high hurdles is going to be good too. Yeah, because women's high hurdles is three women Nugent, um, Armstrong, and Russell. And then men's steeple. You got Hamilton versus Rooks. The Hamilton-Rooks battle. Which could be a preview of USA's because Oof. there's no Hillary Bohr at USA's. We could be watching the two. Yeah. Team, we could be watching future teammates. Yeah. We should, you should ask them that after Maybe the they'll strategize together through this race and be like, all right, let's, let's. Hey, do you guys ever think about being on the same team? Do you think they'll do a rock, paper, scissors shoot as they cross the finish line? No, I think they want to win. Loses, gets NC, uh, uh, doesn't win NCAAs, and the other person gets to win USA's? I think they want to win NCAAs. If you had to choose. We'll be out uh, the track. On Wednesday, so stay tuned to our YouTube page for more and the site, all the social channels. We'll have uh, 
some interviews. We'll have some recaps. We'll have some fun stuff going on. Again, Saturday morning is going to be the uh, – we'll have a show then as well too, and then we'll recap it all next Monday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to AG for producing. We'll talk to you guys Saturday. next time. Saturday. 10 a.m. Central. Later. See you there.